Ah, yes. <laughs> so, as we just saw in the video that we watched just now, uh, worry affects all of us, doesn't it? Worry affects all of us. Doesn't matter whether you're a kid or an adult. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Doesn't matter if you're, you have a lot of money, you know you're wealthy or you don't. Worry is something that we all feel from time to time. We all feel the stress and the pressure of worry. We can all identify with what that is, to be under the weight of worry and anxiety. It's not good. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. And there are so many things to worry about, aren't there? I mean, if we really, if we really think about it, and we, all the things we could be worried about, there's a huge list. I mean, worry about finances. That's probably the number one. Finances. Everybody worries about that. We worry about our, our health or the health of our loved ones. We worry about our family, whether they're, they're okay or not. We worry about our job situation. We worry about education for our kids. We worry about politics, right, and the government and what that's all going to end up looking like. We worry about the world around us and, and all that's going on, all that's going bad there. We worry about safety and on and on and on. I could go. I mean, if we really wanted to, there's just about no limit to the things we could worry about, right? And some of us are really good at finding all the ways to worry. But worry does no good. It, it brings no benefit into our lives. Quite the contrary, it does nothing but make things worse. You know, it, it either makes us assume something's going to go bad, kind of like the folks on the video. You know, we, we create these scenarios in our minds that may not even be there, you know, and we start worrying about it. Or uh, it takes something that maybe is negative and it just amplifies it even more. That's what worry does. Nothing good comes from it. Really, really like, I really agree with and appreciate what Corey Ten Boom had to say about worry, especially considering the life she lived, you know, in World War II, being oppressed by the Nazis, undergoing all sorts of persecution and torture, seeing unimaginable things around her, and yet she still had this to say about worry. She said, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Isn't that great? Such a good, good statement. And so true. Because worrying does nothing to alter my circumstances. Does nothing to change it. You know, it's not going to affect what may happen to me down the road in, in the future. And it's not going to change my present at all. All it will do is make it harder for me to stand. All it's going to do is make it harder for me to endure what might be hard circumstances, tough situations. It's not going to change anything except my outlook. And it's going to make my outlook and my attitude and how I respond to circumstance that much harder. That's all that worry does. Here's what Jesus himself said about worry in Luke 12, 25 and 26. He said, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? It's a good question, isn't it? Good rhetorical question. And the answer is, of course, no. No, it can't. It can't do that. It can't add a single moment to your life. If anything, if anything, it will take moments away from your life, right? 
Well, and so, so here's the answer. No, obviously not. He, he goes on uh, knowing that's the answer. And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Another great question that Jesus asks there. And the answer is, of course, well, there isn't any use in that. There is no use to worrying over the bigger things or the little things. It's, it's useless, worthless. Worry really is worthless. Now, that is not to say, though, that worrying does not accomplish a couple things. You know, if, if, we, are, if we are going to be consumed by worry, if that is our choice... If we choose to let worry overtake us and we just give in to worrying and to anxiety, you know, we just, we get rolled by it, then there is a couple things, a couple major things that worry will accomplish, okay? Uh, the, the first thing that worry will accomplish if we let it is that it robs us of our joy and peace. It robs us of our joy and peace, you know, the first message in this series, The Power of Proper Perspective, that we're wrapping up today, in the first message, we looked at the source of joy. We talked about the source of joy. And we said that the source of joy is Christ himself. He is the source of joy. And we saw in the, in the first part of Philippians that joy, true and lasting joy, fulfillment, satisfaction, unending joy, unending peace... It only comes from being Christ-centered, Christ-focused. You know, it it comes from from seeing all that Jesus is and, and all that he did for us, all that he makes available to us, all that we are in and because of him. That's where where true joy comes from and peace. But when we're when we're worried, when we're consumed by worry, and we're driven and dominated by anxiety. We're not Christ-centered in that moment. Because you can't be focused on Christ and all that is true of you in him and all that he has made possible for you while being consumed with worry. It's not going to happen. You can't have both at the same time. It's a choice. You have to choose one or the other. And that's always true. That's always true. So when, when worry comes into our mind and our heart and we just give in to it, we crumble under the weight of it, what's happening is our joy and our peace are being robbed from us. We're focusing on, on the problem or the circumstance or whatever is causing that fear and anxiety rather than focusing on Christ, where our joy and our peace come from. The other thing it does, and, and it's closely connected to the first is that it distracts us from God's glory and goodness. It distracts us from God's glory and goodness. See, when when we are tuned in spiritually the way we need to be, we are going to be focused on God's glory, and it's going to amaze us. It's going to overwhelm us. When, When we're focused on God's glory, we're aware of the fact that he is perfect and highly exalted above anyone and anything. When we're, when we're focusing on God's glory, we're acknowledging his perfection and his sovereignty. We're saying, God, you are high and exalted. There is none like you. We're saying, God, I recognize your, your sovereignty over my life and over my circumstances, over my situations. And when we're focused on that, that gives us strength and it gives us hope and it gives us purpose. 
When we acknowledge his glory and all that that, that that means. And when that happens, not only are we aware of his glory, we're aware of his goodness to us in that glory. So we're acknowledging, God, you are perfect. There's none like you. You are sovereign over all. And in that perfect sovereignty, you are perfectly good to me. That's, that's when we're tuned in. When we're locked in to all that is true of God. That he is glorious and good to us. But the danger of worry is that it distracts us from that focus. If we allow our mind to be taken by worry, if we allow anxiety to rule and control our hearts, to dominate our mindset, if that's our default mode of operating, then every time it will distract us from God's glory, from his majesty, from his his sovereignty, as well as distract us from the fact that he is always good. We'll miss it. We won't see it. Worry will cause us to doubt his control and his care. Worry will cause us to doubt his control and his care. And and if we do these things, if we allow this to happen in our life, if this is what happens in in our heart and in our mind, then it will always result in something. It always results in a victory for the enemy. It always will result in a victory for the enemy. If, if our joy and our peace are robbed, if we're distracted from God's glory and goodness, and, and worry is just consuming and controlling us, then it will always result in a victory for the enemy. Because Satan loves to use worry as a weapon for the believer. It's one of his favorite weapons. Because he knows that for the believer... He can't take our salvation away from us. He can't take the promise and reality of our eternity because both of those are tied to Christ. Both of those are anchored in Christ. Nothing's going to affect that. Nothing's going to take your salvation. Nothing's going to take your eternity if you are in Christ, if you're secure in him, because he's got you and he's got that. Satan knows that. So he can't rob us of that. But what he can do And what he loves to do, and what he's constantly trying to do, is to rob us of our joy and our peace, and to distract us from God's glory and his goodness. This is always his strategy. It's always his goal. He's been at this from the beginning. Like, this goes back to Eden. This goes back to the garden. This is exactly what he did with Adam and Eve when he said, did God really say Did he really say? You know, what he was doing with with Adam and Eve, he's saying, "Um, are you sure? Are you sure that that you can totally find all your joy and all your peace and all your purpose and all your fulfillment in God? I mean, can he really do that for you? Are you sure about that? Is he really completely trustworthy? You want to put all your eggs in one basket? You really want to depend on God alone for your joy, for your peace, for your fulfillment? I I don't know. I don't know. Is he really able to deliver on that? I mean, look at that fruit. I mean, I, I think you're missing out. That's just me. And they start thinking, huh, maybe, maybe there is some aspect of joy and peace and fulfillment I'm missing. Then then he said, you know, come to think of it, I kind of think God's maybe just holding back on you. You know, I think he's keeping you back 
from really enjoying life. He's, he's holding you back from reaching your fullest potential. He's, he's insecure. He's jealous. He doesn't want you to, to rise up and to advance and to, to come anywhere close to being like him. I don't know. I don't think he's worth that kind of devotion, Eve, Adam. See, what he was doing, he was robbing, slowly and surely, he was robbing Adam and Eve from the joy and the peace that they had in God, and he was causing them to, to call into question, is God's glory really worth it? Is he really worth my devotion, my obedience? And is he really completely, perfectly good? Really? See, he caused them to doubt God's control and his care over their life. And bam, sin. And the rest is a very dark history. It's always Satan's way. It's always what he's after, church. He is after you, believer, not for your salvation. He can't take it, but he is after your joy and your peace. And he's after your focus on God's glory and your trust in his goodness. And so he just, he throws the, the worry at us. He throws it, he throws it. And if he can get us down by that, oh, he is so happy. He is so happy. The good news is, though, here's the really good news. We have a choice. We have a choice. We don't have to give in to that. We don't have to just take what the enemy throws at us. We don't have to just take it sitting down or laying down. We can say, no, I'm not buying what you're selling. We have the ability. Here's what the choice is. Philippians 4, 6. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Notice uh, Paul did not say here, uh, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. The big stuff you're fine to worry about. It's not what he said. He said, don't worry about anything. That means little things and big things together, right? That covers it all. If you say, don't worry about anything, that's the whole thing. Big things, little things, everything in between. Don't worry. Choose not to worry about anything. Instead, see that? See that? That contrast there, that alternative? Instead, pray about everything, don't you know, choose not to worry. Say, I'm, I'm not going to do it. You, you feel worry creeping into your thoughts. You, you feel anxiety starting that, that very familiar feeling of grabbing your heart. We all know what I'm talking about. You've been there. I've been there. You know, I can easily go to, to, to where the people on the video went. You know, I can start thinking about scenarios and possibilities and situations in my head. And before I know it, I, I've just made this whole reality from my worry, right? I mean, I, I can do that. I struggle with that sometimes. And I'm sure you do too. Different things, different ways. But we all can get there where, where it just starts to creep in and it grows and it grows and it grows. And before we know it, we're, we're totally crippled by worry. But we have the choice to be able to say at any point in that process, no, no, I'm not going to do this. I refuse to do this. I know I don't have to give in to this worry. Instead, pray about everything. The little things, the big things, everything in between. He goes on. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. You know, it's a beautiful thing in our relationship with God to be able to come to him and let him know what's on our heart. 
and let him know what's on our mind. And what makes it so beautiful is the fact that he already knows because he's God and he knows all things, but he wants us to tell him. He invites us to share with him what's going on with us. You know, what's, what's affecting our mind, what's affecting our heart. He wants us to bring our request to him. Why? Because he's a good, good father, like the great song that we sing says. He's a good father. He's a perfect father. And you know what? Though it makes no sense, he, he not only loves us, he likes us too. <laughs> he does. He does. And he wants us to come to him just as you, dad, mom, want your children to come to you and you want to hear about what's going on in their world, in their life. You want to hear about what, what they, they need from you. God invites us to do that. So Paul says, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And this, this is so key, the last part of this verse. So key. And sometimes we breeze right past it. We go right over it. We don't even think about the importance of this. He says, and thank him for all he has done. That, that means to consider and acknowledge his past and his present faithfulness. It means as we're praying, you know, we're, we're bringing our request to him. We're letting him know what's on our hearts and our minds. We've got to be really careful that it doesn't just become this laundry list of, of want. We've got to make sure that we include a lot of thanking God for all he is, for all he's done in the past, for all he's doing in the present, and all he will do in the future. And the other thing this does, as we do that, as we practice this, it's a great weapon against worry, because if we're thanking God for all he's done, it means we've got to be thinking about it. If we're going to thank him, we've got to think about what we're thanking him for. And so it's like we're looking back, and we see this great big timeline, you know, with all these, these marks on it. And we're able to see, oh, oh, that, that time, man, I didn't know what I was going to do. And God just came through. Wow, I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, that time over there, I, I, just, I thought I was done for. And God intervened. He, he showed up in such a big way. And, and we see blessing after blessing, provision after provision, to, a total example of faithfulness over and over and over and over again. Tons of examples where God came through, where God was good, where God blessed. And we see that. As we look back, and what that does is that gives us perspective, and it gives us hope for knowing that in the situation I'm in, all this that I'm worried about, all this that I'm fearful of, all this that I'm anxious for, there is no reason to think God's going to do anything else but what he has always done, which is take care of me and take care of my situation. As we look back behind us and we see all the past examples of his faithfulness, what that should do is translate into present hope and courage. Because logically, there is no reason to think God's just going to stop being good, right? He's not going to just cease to take care of us. He's not going to stop being faithful like he always has been. Because if he did, he would no longer be God. Because to be God is to be constantly good all the time. So, choose not to worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. Thank him for all he has done and all he will do. That's the choice. 
That's before all of us. That's the, that's the choice that is constantly available to each and every one of us when that worry comes up, when that anxiety threatens us. Now, if we do that, if we make that choice, here's the result. Here's the result. Philippians 4, 7 says this. Then, you know, so if, if you do that, if you make that choice, you choose not to worry, you choose to pray, you choose to thank him, then you will experience... God's peace means God's peace will not just be this theoretical thing, you know, this far off theoretical concept. It won't be something that other people have, but you just don't. It won't be this thing that you just can't seem to grab a hold of. If you will make that choice moment after moment after moment, every time you're tempted to worry, the result is that you, you personally will experience God's peace for yourself. It'll be personal. It'll be real. You'll know it. You'll feel it. You'll be able to rest on it and rely on it. And here's what Paul had to say about God's peace. You will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. Isn't that great? It means his peace is just beyond even our comprehension. It's so good. It's so powerful. It's so wide-reaching. In other words, what Paul is saying here is, you really want God's peace. You really need God's peace. Why? Because God's peace is so good, it will blow your mind. That's really what he's saying here. God's peace will just blow you away at how good and how powerful it is. You'll experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. Picture, picture like this castle wall going up around your heart and your mind and, and with these, these you know, armed guards posted all around it. it it's, it's like setting watch over your heart and mind. It's, it's keeping you secure and not letting anything in. And man, I need that. I need that because I am so prone naturally, humanly, to just let everything come into my mind and everything come into my heart and cause me worry and cause me anxiety and cause me fear. You know what I'm talking about? I I mean, I'm sure you do. We all struggle with that. It's so easy to happen. So what we need is a guard over our mind and over our heart that's much more powerful than us, that's much more consistent than us, and that's found through God's peace. His peace will guard your heart and guard your mind. We need that. It says his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That's that's so key. As you live in Christ Jesus. When when, when he says here to to live in Christ Jesus, he's talking about dwelling in Jesus. You know, just, just being totally wrapped up in Christ. It means basing all you are on Jesus, on who he is. It means finding your identity in Christ. It, 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 he's, he's defining everything about your life. He's ruling and directing all that you are. Everything you know yourself to be is found in Christ. That's what it means to live in Christ. And he's the key to it all. Christ is the key to it all. He's the one that brings all of this together. God's peace that exceeds anything we can comprehend. God's peace that guards our heart and mind. It's all tied together by living our life in and through Jesus Christ. He's the key. He's the key. So, 
As we're doing all that, as we're choosing this, as we're making this choice, no, I will not let worry rule my life. I will not let worry control my mind and my heart. I will choose instead to just take everything to God. I'll pray about it all. I'll leave it with him. I'll thank him for all he's done. And as you're experiencing his peace, we've got to do something else. We've got to replace all that worry and all that anxiety and all that fear with something else. It's not enough just to, to kick the, the, the negative out. We've got to replace it with something good. And that's what we fail to do a lot of the time. You know, when it comes to perspective shift, and that's what this whole series has been about, the power of proper perspective, and every message, every, every aspect that we've looked at, it's all about choosing a different perspective. But any time we have a perspective shift... We've got, we do have to get rid of the negative, get rid of the bad, but we have to replace it with something positive. Replace it with something good. Because if not, it's just a big gaping hole. And it's just going to get filled up again. So it's, it's a conscious, strategic decision that I'm going to replace all the stuff I'm getting rid of with something good. It's trading up. It's trading up. All right. So, so here's what we need to trade up with. Here's what we need to replace the worry and the anxiety with. Philippians 4.8 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. One final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. That means you know, glue your thoughts to, to what I'm about to say. Secure your whole mindset to this. Anchor yourself to these things. And here's what Paul says to fix your thoughts on, to anchor yourself to. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things. Let let the thoughts that occupy your mind Think about things that are excellent or, or of excellence and worthy of praise. You see the shift there? Instead of thinking of negative things, thinking of harmful things, thinking of, of bad situation and, and dwelling on that, instead of doing that, you're, you're fixing your thoughts on all that is listed here, on things that are true, things that are solid, things that are honorable, things that are pure, things that are of excellence and worthy of praising God for. It's a deliberate choice to allow your thoughts to rest on those things, not the things that cause you to worry and be full of anxiety. Now, a fair question to this, a good question would be, okay, how? How? You know, like, that sounds great, right? I agree with all that. I recognize the importance of it. That, I mean, that's great. Sounds good, it's true, but how? How do I actually do it? How do I actually make this my reality? You know, how do I consistently choose to, to pray about everything instead of worrying about everything? How do, I, how do I choose to allow God's peace to rule my heart instead of anxiety? How do I choose to consistently and continually think about the things in that list in Philippians 4.8? I want to, I agree with it, but how? How do I bring it out into to consistent action into my daily life? The answer is Philippians 4.13. The answer is Philippians 4.13. I can do everything. I can do 
everything through Christ. There's the answer. That's the key. You want to know how you can consistently choose to not worry and instead to give everything over to God in prayer? You want to know how you can, you can experience God's peace consistently, moment after moment? You want to know how you can trade up your thoughts? How you can replace the negative with the good? It's all found in Christ. It's all found in His strength, His power. You can't do it on your own. And I can't either. No matter how badly we want to, we can't do it by ourselves. And that's why we fail so often. That's why we get so weary so much of the time. Is because we're trying to do it. We're trying to manufacture this. We're trying to bring this about in our lives. We're trying to keep this mindset. We're trying to keep our hearts this way. But we will always fail every time. It's too much for us. We need help beyond ourselves. And that help is made available all the time through Christ. Through Christ, I can do everything listed in Philippians 4.8. Through Christ, I can make the choice that Philippians 4.6 tells me to make. Through Christ, I can experience the peace of God, which blows my mind, as Philippians 4.7. Through Christ, I can do everything God calls me to be and everything God calls me to do. Through Christ. Do you believe that, church? You need to believe it. We need to believe this. We need to remember this. We need to apply this truth to every scenario we are in. That not through me I can do everything. Through Christ I can do everything who gives me strength. His strength. Isn't that good news? It's good news. He is always the key. Christ is always the key to everything. And every perspective we've examined through this series, every aspect of Philippians that we've looked at, it all comes back to Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope for strength. Christ in me, the hope for victory. Christ in me, the hope for everything. It's all about him. Now, I am not saying that I've got this down. (laughs) Not even close. You know, like Paul said last week, you know, last, last message, hey, I'm not saying that I've reached perfection. Not saying I've got this all figured out. I'm still going towards this goal. I, you know, I'm still working on it. Haven't reached perfection yet. I say the same thing to you. I, I don't do this perfectly. Not by a long shot. Not even close. I still struggle with this. But I do believe in the reality of this. I do believe in the the importance and the possibility of of rejecting a worry-filled life. I believe it's possible. I believe we've been given everything we need to reject a worry-filled life. I believe that we have the freedom from being consumed by worry and anxiety. We have it. It's there. All because of Christ. So I don't do this perfectly, but I am shooting for that goal. I am pursuing that. And I hope you are too. I hope you are too. We need to encourage one another in this. We need to remind each other all the time as we see one another you know, being worried about something, as we see people who are struggling with anxiety and with fear, and then sometimes the, the, the depression that comes from that, if left 
unchecked. As we see that, we need to lovingly speak this truth into one another's life where we say, hey, brother, hey, sister, let me just remind you, you have a choice available to you. You don't have to be dominated by this. You don't have to be ruled by this. Let's pray about it. And then we we do that for one another. We do that as a church. We're there for one another. It's all possible. It's all possible through Christ and through us choosing to surrender to him. That's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to experience. Would you, would you bow your heads with me? Everyone close your eyes. I want you just to think about this for, for a minute. Maybe you're here and... You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord. You've never, you've never committed your heart to him. You've never committed your life to him. He is not your personal Savior and the Lord of your life, and you know that. Well, then, my friend, with all due respect and love, let me just tell you, you will never have the freedom from worry. You'll never experience peace to the fullest unless you surrender your whole person to Christ, unless you surrender your life to him. That's the only way you're going to experience the freedom from worry that we talked about today and, and experience God's peace. It's all in Jesus. So I wonder, is there anybody who would say, yes, that's me. I, I don't know Jesus, and, and so I don't know freedom, and I don't know peace, but I want to. Is there anybody that would say, yes, that's me. I want you to pray for me in that way. Anyone. Anyone at all. Okay, then let me ask you, Christian, are you here today and and you are in Christ, you know that, your eternity, your salvation is secure in him, but you are struggling with worry. You are letting worry dominate your heart or dominate your mind. You're crushed under the weight of it and you just can't seem to break free. I want to tell you it's possible right now. Right here in this place, you can once again experience what it is to be free from worry. You can experience once again God's peace that you did before. Is there anyone who would say, please pray for me in this way? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Amen. All over the place. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone? Pray for me in this. I need to break free. I need this cycle to end. Anyone else? Amen. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the book of Philippians. As we have studied it and we've evaluated all these different areas of perspective that that is available to us, the power of proper perspective that is available to us. Thank you for, for making that so clear that we have the ability to walk in purpose and to walk in freedom and to walk in joy and strength. And Father, please help us to choose to take advantage of all you have offered us through Christ, all the power of the Spirit that is constantly at our disposal. Help us to to constantly be making perspective shifts as we need to. And Father, in this topic of worry, it affects all of us at some point. We all deal with this from time to time. We all deal with this in different levels of severity and different levels of frequency, but we all can identify with the problem of worry. Thank you for making it possible, though, for us to choose to reject it. And I pray for my brothers and sisters just now that raise their hands saying, yeah, that's me. 
I know I'm in Christ, but I can't seem to stop this worry that's plaguing me. I can't seem to end this anxiety that's just controlling my thoughts and my heart. And I want to break free. I want to experience freedom from that. I want to experience God's peace. Father, I pray for them in Jesus' name. Please let the power of your spirit invade their mind and invade their heart and bring them the freedom that is only available in Christ, but that is constantly available to them because of Christ. Please, Father, work in their hearts and their minds. Help us all to remember that we are called to freedom. We are called to victory all because of your Son. Help us all to choose a worry-free life. I pray all of these things with thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.